Greetings, Padawans, and welcome to the archives. Here to unlock this holocron, here's the man of the hour, Jedi Master Sotiko. Bosha, what is good, guys? It is your boy Sotiko, and we are back on the proverbial block that we call the Archives Podcast. And I'm very happy to be here. Very happy to be here with all of you. And this is going to be a solo show tonight. Decided to go live a little bit early. A little bit early. As my missus is going to be asleep relatively soon. So I said, hey, what the heck? Why not? Let's go live early. And let's do the pod, baby. So out here today. Today we have a plethora of stuff to talk about, one of which being the Obi-Wan Kenobi Season 2 speculation. Then we're going to be running over a animated original trilogy Clone Wars style show. We've got a bunch of great questions in the mailbag. And if you guys have any questions at all in the live chat, feel free to come through and ask me anything Star Wars related. I've got the chats pulled up. Everything is open. Everything is ready to rumble. And I am ready to go. So let's start off the podcast by heading over to our Twitter, where you guys can follow us everywhere at Star Wars TAP and so Tico. Earlier this week, this month, this year even, we put out a tweet and it was a Funko Pop giveaway. It is now time to pick the winner for that Funko Pop giveaway. We asked you to leave a retweet. We got six retweets. And I'm going to be running a random number one to five because I was one of the retweets. Not going to give it to myself. And number four. We're going to do one to. Four, number one, one to three, number two. So our winner of the Funko Pop is Captain Pi Zero Zero. Captain Pi Zero Zero has won the Funko Pop. gonna tweet at them right now tell them to drop us a dmski mcnimski beautiful now make sure you guys do drop a like hit subscribe and please please leave us a nice little review whatever you're listening to us on whether it's spotify Apple, Amazon, Spreaker, iHeartRadio, YouTube, or 
if you're just listening to me on Twitch, I appreciate you 100%. Thank you guys for the support. And I apologize that this didn't come out on Wednesday. We recorded an episode last Sunday that corrupted upon editing. So this is the remake. Tomorrow I will be writing the outline. Where am I? I am at my house. Oh my God, you can't see me. Ah! Thank you. Thank you. I forgot, I have, I have hotkeys. Thank you. I appreciate you, hun. I appreciate you. I have hotkeys, you know, because I'm trying to do the executive producer role at the same time. So I have hotkeys to, uh, to switch cameras. So I forgot. Yeah. Yeah. For two people, for three people, for the person on the left, for the person in the middle, and then for the person on the right, but it's just me. So I'm going to keep it here. I appreciate you though, honey. Um, <laughs> that's what your texts are about. Perfect. Yeah. As soon as we get a co-host, um, my, my long time, my long term co-host is going through some stuff shout out van seal i want to say that first and foremost van seal you're one of my best friends bro and i know you're going through a lot right now just know i'm here for you man whatever you need i got you i'm always here shoot me a text shoot me a call write me a letter carrier pigeon whatever you need bro you've been a real one since day one and i got you take your time and we can't wait to have you back on the pod. Another shout out to our other co-host, MJ. His daughter went through surgery this past week. And just want to send my good vibes and my good wishes to him and his family. And later tonight when I'm saying my prayers, I'll include her in my prayers as well. Uh, big shout out to my brother who is currently writing solo at the moment because his missus went on vacation my missus is going on a mini vacation um and then another shout out to my boss will who unfortunately left my work but is moving on to a new job that he loves so shout out to my boss will who listens on spotify god bless you bro um, uh, go subscribe to my girlfriend, Kathleen Alexandria on YouTube. And without further ado, how we doing, Josh? How we doing, Josh? Appreciate you coming back for the pod, brother. Um, without further ado, let's get right into this. So we have not anything confirmed not anything confirmed, but we do have some speculation from the main character's actor, Ewan McGregor, upon a possible season two of Obi-Wan Kenobi. 
we have a quote where he was saying that there's nothing in stone right now there's a lot going on at disney but it would be his honor to reprise the role of obi-wan kenobi for a season two and that is from vanity so to kick off i figured season not season segment number one we would talk about obi-wan kenobi season one and give my review what i liked what i disliked and just go over some of the overall plot points some of the overall characters i will say though if you are in the chat and if you ask a question i will halt what i'm doing take precedent to the question ask me anything star wars and i got you josh says he wants more obi-wan and less marvel shows that are lame see i agree i'm on that board i had this discussion with someone i had this discussion with i'm a server right and i had this discussion with one of the people at one of my tables because they noticed i have a i have a star wars name badge and they noticed it and they're like oh that's sick like what's your favorite star wars show that's come out what's your favorite movie um and they were like, oh, yeah, we, we like Star Wars. We're more into the Marvel stuff. And I asked, like, even the even the recent Marvel stuff? Because, let's be honest, not great. Not great. It's like paying for a Uber. And they pick you up in one of those Flintstones cars where you have to do the legwork yourself. That's kind of what Marvel is looking like right now. I am not a Marvel fan. I want to preface that. I watched the Iron Man movies, the Captain America movies. I watched Avengers. I watched Avengers Endgame and Infinity War. That's about it for me everything else just seemed like a little bit too much i watched thor i used to be a big big thor guy um but everything that i that has came out whether it's she hulk whether it's uh the falcon show whether it's the recent nick danger show loki season two all i've heard from diehard marvel people is that what are we doing why are we wasting time and money why aren't we doing this that the other which i don't like for them i don't like for them but i'm not trying to be like a marvel hater and be like yeah i'm praying on their downfall i want everyone who's in invested in a brand to feel like their time money and attention are being respected you know when you're in a relationship you want to feel like your time your energy and your attention are being respected and it goes the same way with being a, a fan of an ip a fan of a sports team a fan of a band you want to feel like as a fan how you feel about it how you perceive the art is being taken into account and not so much in a fan servicey way but just that the vibes are remaining consistent and you know what you're paying for at the end of the day 
with marvel it seems like they're going down the tank with star wars i think they were in the tank but they're on the come up you look at the past three shows that have came out obi-wan kenobi and or ahsoka right Andor was the best Star Wars show that's ever came out. Better than Clone Wars. Better than Rebels. It is the best. Ahsoka was a step in the right direction. I really liked it. I said, I think, 8.5 out of 10 on aggregate, cumulatively. When you take that into account... I really appreciate how often and how into it that the directors even were getting with fans at expos, at conventions, on Twitter. Dave Filoni, he was answering all kinds of questions. And one of my favorite things that Dave Filoni said was, someone asked Dave Filoni, so when are we going to get Mara Jade? And he responded in a very understanding and accurate way. And he was like, I just gave you guys Thrawn and you're asking for Mara Jade now. It's kind of like when you give a little kid a toy and they're like, oh, this is awesome. What else do you have? And that's kind of how I feel that not just Star Wars fan, but culture is these days is we're not being appreciative enough. Choose 1 to 20. Uh, 20. 20. My favorite part of the Obi-Wan Kenobi show was the emotion that we got out of Obi-Wan Kenobi. Was the... The performance that we got... Um, there's a donation button down below. There's a donation button down below. If you'd like to donate, you don't have to. You could always do bits. You could always gift subs. But, um, you could always super chat on YouTube as well. My favorite thing was the portrayal, right? Because... Obi-Wan Kenobi was on Tatooine for one reason, and that was to look after this little guy, Luke. So we got to see a whole lot of range of emotions with Obi-Wan. He started off, and spoiler alert, I'm going to be talking a whole lot about the story. Spoiler alert. We started off on Tatooine, and... Obi-Wan was extremely stoic, extremely straight to the point. I remember when he was working at that meat packing plant, I'll call it. Obi-Wan was faced with a decision. You know, the, the main boss was shorting someone pay and Obi-Wan of old would have stepped in, would have been, hey, that's not the right thing to do. You're doing this man wrong. 
but he knew that he had priorities. He knew that if he gets in trouble, if he gets outed as a Jedi, like then Luke doesn't have his protector. So he had to bite his tongue. He had to stand there and watch when he's on the transport going home he hears about this jedi in tatooine this jedi in tatooine so subconsciously he's like oh geez did i accidentally do something to out myself when the jawa comes to sell him stuff and he's handed a jedi's utility belt more than anything he wants to he wants to jump at that and you know figure out whose it is figure out what they're doing on tattooing but he can't and we get this extremely straight to the fact straight to the point straight to the matter obi-wan kenobi that we're not used to seeing we're used to seeing him being sassy we're used to him being goofy and when the time is right, he can, he can serious up. But even when he's faced with thousands of droids, General Grievous, he's still being lighthearted, having a good time. Yet when he's faced with the possibility of Luke Skywalker not having someone to look out for him, he freezes, he freezes, and he realizes there's something bigger here at stake. If I die, the Jedi die. If I die, who's going to train Luke? It's not guaranteed that Yoda is going to be there to train Luke. It is not guaranteed. So I need to play as conservative as possible. And then what happens? A wrench gets thrown into it. Leia gets kidnapped on Alderaan. And who does Bail Organa call? Obi-Wan Kenobi, the protector. And Obi-Wan instantly is like, he's set in stone, he's conditioned, like, I, I can't leave, my job is the boy, my, I have to protect him, you have to hire someone else. Because for the past 10 years, his entire life has been consumed by protecting this boy, watching after this boy, which is excellent performance it's great writing it's good direction right but as soon as he comes off tattooing he only wants to get the job done and get back to tattooing as quick as possible because he knows about all the scum and villainy that is on tattooing he knows that the sand people can come and attack at any time he knows man like Kersantan can come attack at any time. He knows the huts can come steal whatever they want at any time. So it's a very, very dangerous place, but it's where he has to be because it's just outside of the empire's jurisdiction that they won't come knocking door to door when the census comes back and they're like, huh, you have a kid named Skywalker. We need to meet him. Bring him here. So, the character starts extremely stoic and eventually migrates and evolves into this 
fun uncle, so to say, as he does save Leia. He saves Leia, he rescues Leia, and becomes essentially Uncle Ben, which is fitting because Obi-Wan was always going to be Uncle Uncle Ben to those kids. It was just whether or not the situation ended up as it did. And the reason why I felt like it was a good transition from being so stoic to being Uncle Ben was because when you're involving kids, you don't want kids to feel like they're in danger. You want to protect the kid. You want to offer the kid comfort. You want to be there and do whatever you got to do to make sure that the kid is happy, make sure the kid feels safe. Because when your job is to protect the child, it's not just physically, it's emotionally, it's mentally, and it's physically. So I felt like Obi-Wan did an incredible job at protecting the kid, even though she ended up in the hands of the Inquisitors, um, he was doing what he had to do because if there's there's every chance that if Vader found Obi-Wan, he would have found Leia, right? So he had to send Leia. Like, go, I'll catch up with you. The thing that I didn't like was... I feel like it took a long time and it had a good amount of filler and it just didn't have good pacing. It was six episodes and I feel like they stretched it out a ton. I didn't like the combat. I feel like it was poorly choreographed, but that's strictly out of universe. And I feel like the character of Reva didn't need to be there. Um, say what you want about the character I know it's a controversial topic I just don't think that it was a good performance nor was it crucial for the story I feel like the story should have been focused solely on Obi-Wan Kenobi protecting the kids from the Empire and Vader and the reason why I think the character of Reva was useless was because the payoff was useless. You know, she attacked Luke. Luke fell, was disoriented, knocked out. And her whole idea was Anakin killed a bunch of Padawans. So I'm going to kill Anakin's kid out of revenge he killed my friends so i'm gonna kill his kid out of revenge and that was her whole plan and when we learned that as an audience it felt so flat it felt like this is what we were building to the entire time and what i appreciated was how obi-wan reacted at the end, right? 
because if I was in that situation and someone was walking back with my nephew, I feel like I would see red. Obviously, Reva, she knocked Luke out, but she couldn't kill him. She didn't have it in her to kill him, so she carried him back. If someone did that to my nephew, I would see red. If someone put their hands on my niece or nephews, I would see red. Obi-Wan had the clairvoyance and the goodness to let it go. Um, let me know in the comments how you would react to that, but... I felt like it was a bit, um, a bit flat of an ending where a couple episodes earlier, you have Obi-Wan fighting Darth Vader in one of the more emotional battles that we've ever seen. And you ultimately culminate what we've had in terms of character change from the stoic hidden Jedi to fun Uncle Ben right back into obi-wan of old and all it took to get obi-wan from stoic to obi-wan of old was leia was him realizing what he's doing this all for and him waking up to that fact i feel like the writing was a bit subpar i feel like it was all over the place and i would have done things a lot differently I would have focused the story on Luke, on Luke being in danger on Tatooine. Maybe the Empire's coming around Tatooine, but I don't feel like I had to be Inquisitors. You know, I feel like the Inquisitors were plugged in to showcase Reva. I feel like it should have been all about Vader and Obi-Wan. We got a lot of lore. You know, we learned about the path. We learned about Fortress Inquisitorious, things that we didn't know from Fallen Order, which they copied a lot of stuff from Fallen Order and hoped that we didn't play the game. Um, but apart from that, I would, I would have scrapped the entire script and told the guy to go write a new one because it just didn't add too much apart from the context that it gave to A New Hope, where when Obi-Wan sacrifices himself, you realize quickly and you realize more deeply that Obi-Wan is sacrificing himself for Anakin's kids. He's sacrificing himself so that his niece and his nephew can escape. He's sacrificing himself for his best friend's children. And... When you get that, when you deep that, it's a whole lot better. It's a whole lot better. Uh, we have a question here from my lovely missus. If Anakin's lightsaber had been lost on Mustafar, how would Luke and Rey's journey have changed in my opinion? See, that's a really good question. I don't feel like it would have changed very much, and here's why. Obi-Wan picked up Anakin's lightsaber because A, Obi-Wan was a nerd. 
and he loved lightsabers. B, he wanted something to remember Anakin by. And he, the, he didn't want the last memory of Anakin to be watching him burn. C, it needed to happen to add up to A New Hope, but that's out of universe. And then four, he felt like he was hanging on to his best friend. He was hanging on to hope, you know. But we need to remember Obi-Wan also had his master Qui-Gon Jinn's lightsaber completely intact, still working in his little footlocker. He had it on him with Tatooine. So it would have been slightly different, but it would have been too different because he would still present Luke with Obi-Wan's master's lightsaber. Rather than Obi-Wan's apprentice, he gives him his master's lightsaber. And that's the one that Luke would go on to use. And I think his journey would change in the sense that Anakin, who was also a nerd about lightsabers, built lightsabers for fun, uh, would often build lightsabers for Padawans and stuff. Anakin would see that lightsaber and be like, hold up, that's Qui-Gon's, I remember it. You have Qui-Gon's lightsaber. And I think he would hesitate. I think it would... It would jumpstart the good in Anakin, if that makes any sense. It would be like an adrenaline shot to the heart of nothing but good. And it would only accelerate things for Luke because I have the theory that Luke was using Qui-Gon's crystal anyways right because Qui-Gon loved Anakin so much that his crystal would have spoke to him and when he rebuilt his lightsaber I want to believe that he used Qui-Gon's crystal um because it comes it comes tenfold you know here's Anakin's kid using Obi-Wan's schematics using Obi-Wan's master's crystal Obi-Wan's master was the one who freed Anakin it would all come full circle. And I feel like that would be the most beautiful way to do it. And that's why in my book, in my book, I'm going to make that part of it. When the, the boys go and build their lightsabers for the first time, Luke's going to tell them a story. Like traditionally, Jedi would come to this planet to find their crystal. Um, and they're going to ask, Luke, did you come here? No, I used the lightsaber of my master Qui-Gon Jinn and that's gonna be so sick that's gonna be so sick and you guys know I'm a big Qui-Gon fan big Qui-Gon fan uh, how would it change Ray's journey I think it would probably change Ray's journey in the sense that I'm not sure what Maz Kanata would be hanging on to. Maybe she would still get her hands on it. Maybe somehow she would still get her hands on that lightsaber. But... I'd like to think the Force would still come to Rey. At, for some reason, at some point. 
I think the Force would still talk to her. Because everything in Star Wars, the adage, everything happens for a reason, is true. Everything does happen for a reason. Um, because everything happens at the will of the Force. So if you're meant to get a lightsaber, a specific lightsaber, it's going to happen. So maybe she doesn't get Anakin's lightsaber, but maybe she finds a lightsaber when she's scavenging. Maybe she finds one. Maybe she, because... Luke ends up getting his arm cut. The lightsaber falls into... I call it the pit. I call it the pit. The Ugnaughts retrieve it. The Ugnaught sells it. Maz buys it eventually. So maybe she would end up with that green Qui-Gon lightsaber. Um, but I think no matter what, she would end up with a lightsaber because the will of the force is untested no matter what and there's no denying it there's no acting against it because if you act against what's meant to be like what's meant to be will be there's no if ands or buts if you act against it then it's only going to happen even harder you know and it's not like they knew, oh, I'm going to get this lightsaber, so it's going to happen. They don't have that clairvoyance. Um, but if we know that Padme is going to die, Anakin then goes to do everything that he can to protect her. He joins the evil emperor, and then what happens? Anakin dies because he was trying to go against it. But by going against it, he made it happen. So, Star Wars is a valuable teacher that you can't overthink. You can't worry about things that are out of your control. And you just need to maintain focus and energy on things that are within your control. So, I need to take that, my own advice. But that's what I think would happen if Anakin's lightsaber had been lost on Mustafar? Wonderful question, hun. Wonderful question. Um, let me just take a quick sip of my liquids. Here they are. Quick sip of the liquids real quick. Let's talk about some Obi-Wan Kenobi season two speculation. We're going to talk about some predictions, some theories, some potential new characters or returning faces and hopes for character development and story arcs. So before we do that, I do want to have a quick Goog ski. And I want to look at the third Star Wars Jedi game because it was announced, right? It was confirmed. It was officially confirmed. It wasn't announced, but it was officially confirmed. I want to see about when we're thinking for it. And I'm going to put like a six month gap because of the strikes.
Okay, it's estimated at 2027. No shot. Maybe, actually. Maybe. 2027 seems about right. Because they are working on a bunch of movies. Okay. Well, if that's the case... Um, man. Kenobi Season 2. I think it would probably need to contain a little bit about Cal Kestis. I think it needs to focus primarily on not Obi-Wan leaving Tatooine. I think it needs to focus on Qui-Gon and Obi-Wan's escapades as Qui-Gon obviously appeared as a force ghost. Obviously, he had his escapades with uh, Qui-Gon. Qui-Gon showing up as a force ghost. But I think we need to then get more action upon Tatooine. Because Tatooine... I know we keep getting Tatooine as well. I don't want to beat a dead horse, right? I don't want to beat any horse. You know, horses are lovely animals. Probably a top 10 favorite animal of mine. Should we do a top 10 list real quick? Favorite animals? Uh, number 10, I would put a lion. Number 10, I would put lion. Number 9, I'd go with a grizzly bear. Right? Number 8, penguins. Easy Penguins are such an easy number 8. I love penguins. I went to the zoo in... Was it May, babe, that we went to the zoo? We went to the zoo in May. We saw some of the biggest penguins, bro. And they had a little size chart of mammals, you know, and how big they are and how fast they are. So, of course, I made a short joke with my missus about her almost being um, almost being shorter than the tallest penguin in the world, which was funny. But penguins are easy. Number eight. Number seven. I will go with squirrels. I love squirrels. Number six. See, number six is the first honorable mention for the top five. So this is a big one. Number six, I would say, would be dogs. A really nice, well-trained dog. A really nice, cuddly dog. Who's saying no to that? Obviously, I don't have a dog. I've never had a dog. The closest thing I've had to a dog is uh, my missus's dog, Lottie, who I do love so much. So cuddly. Such a cuddle dog. She loves me. Um, I eventually do want to own a dog, but number five. See, now we're getting into some territory. Number five for me is deer. I just think deer have this nice elegance to them. I think they're a nice, elegant animal. I used to have a, a house that had a really big backyard that was a big forest. And deer would always come snack on our berry bushes that we had. And they were so peaceful. You could be out in the backyard walking around and deer would not hesitate unless they perceived you as a threat. Which was really nice. Number four. 
my number four favorite animal i will go with ooh ooh meerkats meerkats i think meerkats are so cool they have they have a little protector themselves meerkats who watches the skies and they have shifts they have shifts where one of the adults will watch the skies look out for predators and if they sense a predator everyone will dart inside and even when everyone darts inside they still have one person outside watching for predators so it's pretty cool i like meerkats um they're fun they look very sweet meerkats are cool number three see now we're in the top three this is where it gets really tricky really tricky number three i would go with gorillas they seem fun they seem really cool i'd love like i'd love an olympics but for animals but in the sense that they are cool with it it's not like a zoo where we're making them be there like they want to compete they want to do stuff because i feel like gorillas they could put out four or five hundred reps on the bench press i feel like easy because they're what uh how what percentage how many times stronger is a gorilla than a human 10 times 10 times stronger if i can bench 275 for three reps a gorilla is doing 275 for 30 and i am they call me they call me big trev you know i'm 6'3 i float between a buck 85 and 205 they call me big trev so that's just mad that's mental that is mental and think like the strongest man in the world then take his numbers multiply it by 10 because there's a strongest gorilla in the world there is so gorilla is my number three number two we're gonna stay within the realm of monkeys it's capuchin monkeys i was a huge fan of night at the museum when i was a kid with ben stiller with owen wilson huge fan and they had a little capuchin monkey and ever since then i was like when i grow up i'm gonna get a capuchin monkey obviously i'm not gonna get a capuchin monkey but there was one on tiktok ages ago that was named boo and it was so cute wow <laughs> wow number one my number one favorite animal are the domesticated house cats. I think. So that's my cat right there. One of them. I have two. Let's go check in with her. I'm going to turn the light on back there as well. Get more ambiance going. Two seconds. Beautiful. Yeah, I love the domesticated house cat. What? no mention of a hippo no no mention of hippos um and i do like giraffes you know i love giraffes um 
Nah, you know what? Like giraffes would probably be right there with horses. They would be right there with horses. Because when we went, we saw the giraffes playing around, having a good time. Uh, the reason why uh, I did horses over giraffes is that you've never heard of anyone riding a giraffe. And I feel like that'd be a really fun ride. If they were cool with it. If the giraffe was cool with it. Because I know horses like to be ridden. Um, so do cows. Believe it or not, cows like to be ridden. I don't think hippos would appreciate being ridden and hippos are very fierce i want to say they're the deadliest animal on earth and big scary like big scary hippos are the bullies of the elephant world you know hippos rhinos elephants where the heck did they come from those have to be dinosaurs right <laughs> like no one ever has this discussion Turtles are... I love turtles. I love turtles. But it's so sad that they're dying to soda can holders. It's so sad. But it is cool that society is cutting them out. It is really cool. You don't really see a lot of those. And even if you do, people are good about cutting the, uh, the linings. What's up, Mundane? Welcome to the Archives Podcast. Ask me anything Star Wars, ask me anything Squiggo in general, whatevs. We're chilling. Now, to talk about Obi-Wan Season 2, I did want to talk about the next Jedi game. So, real quick, we'll preface and we'll brief with Jedi Fallen Order and Jedi Survivor. I'm currently replaying each game. I'm thinking about doing um fallen order first jedi survivor after but then i started kotor last night i'm writing my book and i'm like ah i don't have too much time so what i think i'm gonna do i'm gonna stop playing eafc for a while because i only have a select amount of time to play games i am playing it takes two with my missus but we we played it last sunday honey last sunday saturday um that's a super fun game can't wait to play that some more um maybe next weekend we play some of that but i need to supplement more time i have been doing great on my book so far really good on my book so far and having a blast with my book so far i wrote a scene in my head in the shower a couple nights ago that genuinely could be the the way that i end book one if i want to do this thing three books um like the original plan was to do it three books i think that'd be pretty cool it'd also give me a lot more time to marinate these characters and work on these characters it would be a lot of fun um and i don't i don't want to talk about my book too much because we're talking about Jedi, for, uh, Jedi Fallen Order, Jedi Survivor. But, so Fallen Order, I think, is a great game. I love the controls of it. I love the mechanics of it. Um, the only thing that I wish it had retroactively was a fast travel. But they added it to the new game Survivor. 
I think the movement feels a whole lot better. You feel heavier than you do on Jedi Survivor. It's weird to say that. I don't know if that makes sense, but you feel like you have more mass. Where on Jedi Survivor, it feels like you're kind of just sliding everywhere. And there's a whole lot of platforming. And it's just not my cup of tea but it's a like it's a visually it's a beautiful game everything else about it the story was kind of mid i love that marin and cal ended up hooking up and getting together and falling in love because i wanted that i i shipped them as, as people say i shipped them but i feel like it's a goofy odd term shipping um but yeah, it was it was a beautiful game. The actor is really cool. Cameron Mona Monaghan. He was in Shameless, which I've seen a little bit of. Um, and I want to see him in live action. Issue is we can't see him in live action until we see where he's at at the end of the third game. But at the end of the third game, I think he dies. So it'd be cool to see him in live action if we can fit it into maybe in the next season of Obi-Wan Kenobi. So in Obi-Wan Kenobi, I want it to take place relatively in a, in a tighter window. You're going to have to age Ewan McGregor a, a wee bit, a wee bit. He's got to lose some hair up here. He's got to lose some hairline. Um, he's got to get some whitened hair. Maybe some reading glasses. <laughs> like he has to, he has to bridge the gap from Ewan McGregor to Alec McGinnis. Alec McGinnis. And you can't age him too much because then it's not as realistic. So we got to go like maybe a, a year, maybe a year or two at the tops, but you can't go five. A year or two at the tops. And maybe. Maybe this is when, you know, Luke starts showing and things start happening around Tatooine. And we have a culmination of events that Obi-Wan then has to remain and stay on Tatooine to help Luke, to save Luke. It could tie in with Book of Boba Fett. It could tie in with Mando if you wanted to. But at the end of the day, you got to genuinely, you have to write a better story for Obi-Wan Kenobi. That's what it boils down to. Doesn't matter what you put in the pot. Doesn't matter how much you stir. Obi-Wan Kenobi season one did not accomplish what it needed to accomplish because it was trying to accomplish something completely different. We are here as Star Wars fans to hear the story. Hey, shout out my boy Trevor from a from a fellow Trevor. Shout out my boy Trevor for the raid. God bless you, bro. Hit those Tuscan Raiders in the chat. Hit those Tuscan Raiders in the chat. Um, we're doing the archives podcast right now. If you have any Star Wars questions, Galaxy of Heroes questions, questions in general, feel free to hit me with it. I appreciate you, bro. Hopefully you're doing well. Hopefully your stream went good. Hopefully your grand arena went good. Mine did not, which is why we're doing our 
our pod um because good god man i nine mil my opponent was nine mil i am five you know but 5.8 i'll give myself credit 5.8 obi-wan kenobi needs to be better it needs to be better a character of that much importance needs to have more story more of a a character arc that co-aligns with where we're getting from point a to point b and that's from ewan mcgregor to alec mcginnis i know it's gonna be tough but that's why they get paid the big bucks i think it needs a more dedicated budget as well i believe it was only given 90 million dollars where andor got 250 million i want to see andor get another 100 mil i want andor rocking 350 because if she hulk gets 250 bro give andor 350 andor was beautiful um if you just coming in let me know in the chat what's your favorite star wars project whether it be a book a movie a tv series a video game uh, let me know who your favorite character is and if you have any star wars questions feel free to drop them but i just feel like especially obi-wan kenobi he needs more love he needs more love i feel like he got done dirty and that's what it feels like that's what it feels like more than anything it feels like we got done dirty not just not just ewan mcgregor like he didn't just get done dirty hayden christensen kind of got done dirty he did amazing in the obi-wan show you didn't kill obi-wan i am not your failure my master you didn't kill anakin skywalker i did he did amazing he did amazing i love hayden christensen god bless him i hope he lives uh a long happy life because he went through some of the toughest criticism so early in his career and i'm so glad that he's getting his flowers now because he deserves it man he deserves it if you guys think that anakin was bad quote unquote bad in the prequel trilogy you just need to understand that he was such a deep such a concise character and i know everyone always brings up the sand i don't like sand it's coarse and it's rough and it gets everywhere follow up what happened after that what happened after he said that that was w riz he kissed padme right after saying that man w riz maybe you gotta give it a go maybe you gotta do the the sand line let him know like came from a sandy planet i was a slave so whenever i see sand i'm just reminded of the, the pain and the torture and the suffering i went through 
but that's not my life anymore. You're my life now. And it's soft. And it's nice. And I love it. Anakin is the deepest character in cinema, bro. He is the deepest character in cinema. Granted, he gets six episodes of a TV... A TV show in the Kenobi series. I... I, I have a... Allegedly... I have a fan edit, allegedly, and it's a movie. It's just a two-hour edited movie. I think it's a lot better. Check out Kai Patterson Films. Uh, get Just Google Kai Patterson Kenobi. Uh, it's, it's worth it. It's worth it. He did another one for Book of Boba Fett. It's worth it. And we didn't even get to Book of Boba Fett yet. We didn't even get to Boba Fett yet. Boba Fett, man. I uh, I wish Van Seal was here to defend his boy Boba Fett. But for the time being, I'll wrap up my Kenobi talk and then we'll talk about Boba Fett. Um, not only Hayden Christensen, not only Ewan McGregor got done dirty, but we got done dirty. Because we had the highest expectations. They had so much marketing, so much social media push. So much on TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Vanity, magazines, Rolling Stones, everything you, everywhere you looked, it was Star Wars, it was Kenobi, it was, this is going to be the greatest thing since sliced bread, $90 million budget. How much of that went to marketing and how much went to the actual show? That's what I want to know. I want to know why we got done dirty with arguably the most important character on the light side of the force in this time period, why did we get done dirty? So let's talk about Boba Fett. Let's talk about Boba Fett. Why did we get done dirty? Um, Boba Fett is a great character. He got done dirty in how he died. I like that he didn't die because you get you get added context. I'm sure whatever boba fett fans are out there i'm sure they still enjoyed the book of boba fett jesse smith says that scene was five star and in my opinion the jedi are evil agreed agreed and in my opinion in my opinion the galactic republic jedi man ah oh, literally my least favorite literally my least favorite i'm playing i'm playing knights of the old republic right now and just the difference in approach you know just the difference in approach you have the jedi who are standing on business quote unquote they're standing on business they take the dark lord of the sith revan they mess with his mind, they erase his memories, and they send him back. All right, you're a Jedi Padawan. How about it? How about it? Welcome to the Order. That's where I'm at in the game right now, and it's so funny. It's so funny because the story of Revan's beautiful, you know? He starts off <coughs> one of the strongest Jedi Padawans. One of the strongest Jedi Padawans grows into a knight, becomes one of the youngest masters, 
takes on one of the most sought after apprentices in Alec, right? Revan then kind of goes through his college phase where he learns about himself. He learns about the world. He learns that he's not down with what the Republic's doing. He's not down with this Mandalorian going on. Takes 10,000 Jedi with him. Takes a third of the Jedi with him. Goes and blitzes. Goes and blitzes these Mandalorians. Because they've been slaughtering innocent worlds and innocent people forever. And the Jedi weren't doing anything about it. Because it wasn't their fight to fight. You know? I feel like the Jedi were doing the right thing. You can't get involved in something that's not your fight. If those worlds were in that situation because they voted, hey, we we want nothing to do with this Republic stuff. We want nothing to do with this Republic stuff. So if they admit and they accept that they want nothing to do with you. Is it technically the right thing or the wrong thing to get involved and intervene? Because the Mandalorians then take them over. They admitted they wanted nothing to do with you. Why? Like, is it odd to, to hold your word to someone that denied your word? I don't know. I don't know. But I feel like what Revan did at the same time was also the right thing to do. Confront these bad boys. Destroy these bad boys. And ultimately, Revan and Malak got corrupted by the Sith. Corrupted by the dark side. Became the Dark Lords of the Sith. Reignited the Sith Empire. And took things over. So... As soon as he gets brought back to the light, you know, the, the Sith Empire are, they're rocking, they're rolling, they're getting the ball rolling, and it's up to Revan and Bastila to take down Malak, who's now the Dark Lord of the Sith, but then Malak corrupts Bastila. Revan's love interest, his future wife, the future mother to his children, corrupts her. And Revan has to then make a choice. Do I do I kill this woman or do I redeem her? Do I still see good in her or do I let her go? And like Revan always does, he sees the good in people. Redeems Bastila, take down Malak restore balance to the force restore peace to the republic and the galaxy revan was him i don't know why they're not capitalizing on this i don't know why they're not making tv shows movies i don't know why we're not seeing revan on the big screen revan could genuinely be 
the biggest thing to ever happen to Star Wars. There's no reason why you couldn't start a brand new episodic movie line about the Old Republic. Start wherever you want. Make it a Game of Thrones style show. Make it a Game of Thrones style show. Maybe you don't introduce Revan until season 10. But at that rate, you're like, holy Revan's here. We're about to cook another 10 seasons. You could genuinely make the Old Republic into the greatest TV show of all time. And I don't think that they're going to capitalize on that. Like, am I crazy for saying that? Am I crazy for thinking that? Is that a buckwild idea? You could start with Darth Bane. You could start with Revan. You could start with whomever you'd like. But why don't they take advantage of the Old Republic? There's so many decades and years to, of stories to tell. You can start with Plagueis. You can start with Bane. You can go even further start with Revan. You can start with the Rakatans. You can start with the Dawn of Man. The Dawn of the Jedi. The, the start of the Sith. Like, why is this not being taken advantage of? It's like telling the stories of the Bible but in a TV show, you know, Star Wars has so much potential, man. And I just don't think they have the right people thinking this through. And if they do, why aren't they executing? That's kind of what I theorize is if they don't have the right people thinking these ideas, why aren't you doing anything about it? And why aren't you executing on them? That's just how I feel about it. That's just where my thoughts are. Another cracked, crazy idea that I want to talk about is an animated Clone Wars style original trilogy show. We've theory crafted this on the podcast before. We've talked about this on the podcast before. And by the way, you are listening to the Archives podcast. My name is Trevor Jackson, a.k.a. Sotico, a.k.a. Sotibo aka number one uncle number one boyfriend number one son number one brother busting my butt having a good time feeling good having a good life welcome to the archives podcast solo show but it's not a solo show if you guys are here with me so i do appreciate you make sure to make your voice heard join the discussion join the discord hit us in the comments we're having a good time. So an animated original trilogy Clone Wars style show. You'd probably. You'd probably have to place it. In between. Episode four and five. If you want Han Solo to be involved. And I don't think they make this show without Han Solo. So there's your time period. And if you even think about it, the Clone Wars was between episodes two and three. Rebels was between three and four. This would be between four and five. You can do a season two, season three, season four between 
five and six where Han Solo's out. What are the Republic going to do without one of their highest ranking generals, you know? So you're going in order anyways, you know, you're, you're being respective of what else is going on in the, in the galaxy at the moment. And there's not a whole lot of context about what happens between four and five. We have some novels. Um, but if you look at things like a lot changes, a lot changes. There's a lot of battles, a lot of fights to happen. I think it'd be cool. I think a shadow of the empire show would also be pretty cool. I guess it just depends on what you want to do with it. But with a show like this, you can incorporate a Mara Jade. That Mara Jade could be the Ahsoka Tano of this series. You can incorporate Kyle Katarns. You can incorporate Dash Rendars. All of that's very possible. All of that could happen. You could show off more of the politics that we all love. I feel like it, politics in Star Wars have to be popular. There has to be a popular niche. But then again, like maybe people do just like the lightsabers and stuff. Who knows? But I think this kind of show would be sick. And I think this would be another show that they could work on now that Bad Batch is done. Tales of the Jedi and call it the Galactic. Is it the Galactics? Not the Civil War. Oh, it is. Cool, cool, cool. Revolution of the Rebellion. But you can call it Civil War. Star Wars. The Galactic Civil War. Easy. I think it'd be really cool. It began... Two years before the Battle of Yavin. The Clone Wars lasted about four years... It'd be pretty sick. I think you can get away with it. I think you can get away with it. You do a lot with it, man. Two years before... Yeah, you could get away with it. You could have some fun with it. As far as the... As far as the, the timeline goes, what you'd include, you'd have to include Palpatine. You'd have to include Darth Vader. I would say Mara Jade because then Anakin has Ahsoka where then the Emperor has Mara Jade. Um, Ahsoka could be, we could see what Ahsoka's doing at this time. Uh, you could get Luke, Leia, Han Chewie. We could see what Yoda's up to. Like, there's a lot that could happen. Yoda could get his own little episodes like he did in Clone Wars. This time he's communing with, you know, Ben. 
on Dagobah. And he's like, all right. Go tell him. Go tell the kid. Go tell the kid. But that's also if you... We got to talk about this Force Ghost Theory. We got to talk about this Force Ghost Theory. The very first Force Ghost, Qui-Gon Jinn, can be seen by his Padawan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi, the Force Ghost, can be seen by his Padawan, Luke Skywalker. Yoda, the Force Ghost, can be seen by his Padawan, Luke Skywalker. And Obi-Wan. And Obi-Wan. Who's also... He trained Obi-Wan. He trained Obi-Wan. Anakin can be seen by... Ahsoka and Luke. Retroactively, we know that he trained Anakin. He trained Luke a little bit. Anakin trained Luke a little bit. Now, Luke and Leia can be seen by Ray. Ben. Did he have a force ghost? I don't think he did. No, he didn't. Cool. Ben did not have a force ghost, but that that helps the theory. My theory is the only people that can see a force ghost are masters and apprentices. And I think it takes that connection with the force, that strong enough connection to sustain it. Gonna move into the Galactic Mail bag that we've got, the Galactic Dispatches. Seven really solid questions. Um, and I'll try and keep them, or we have six questions, sorry. And I'll try and keep them brief. If you have any questions in the chat, now is the time to definitely get them in if i don't get to it we will uh write it down and take it into next week's which is recorded tomorrow <laughs> so we probably won't have a mailbag for tomorrow's podcast unless we reach out directly for questions um so saints fan 22 opens it up why do fans keep begging for mace windu to come back what stories could even be told What stories could be told? Boba Fett, Vader, Palpatine. I, th I think that's probably about it for Mace Windu stories that could be told. Why do they keep begging for him to come back? Because they liked him. And Star Wars is kind of being a little too loosey-goosey with death these days bringing people back randomly uh they really need to keep people dead <laughs> they need people to die <laughs> uh from anonymous was the empire doomed from the start the whole idea was built on a lie and a dictator essentially taking over the world yeah i mean it was 
it wasn't Palpatine's plan. It was Plagueis's plan. All of the, Plagueis put everything into motion. He started the plan. Palpatine executed it. But as we see, like the Empire only lasted, what, 20, 21, 23, 25 years. Didn't last that long. It didn't last that long before the Republic was back. So um, was it doomed from the start? Maybe not from the start, but was Palpatine cooked there at the end? I think so. I think so, because we see how blind and arrogant they were. And that's why Andor was fantastic. Uh, from Valen. Do you guys think that Dooku should have been included in the Phantom Menace, therefore making his inevitable turn to the dark side in episode two even more memorable? I think so. If you want to make a meaningful turn like that, I think you do have to put it in front of us. And Clone Wars wasn't out yet. Tales of the Jedi obviously wasn't out yet. So even if you have Dooku shown in the background training padawans in lightsaber combat because he was him at lightsaber combat if even if you just mention it like oh but i think you do have to show him and i think you do have to include him maybe you show him with qui-gon on coruscant at the jedi temple you know that tales of the jedi stuff that was deep. That was deep. And maybe they rushed his turn so early. Maybe they rushed it, but no, I liked it. Um, Dooku's sick. I think he, I'll take all the Dooku I could get. I'd, I'd take a Dooku show, genuinely. Uh, should the Empire have stuck with clones instead of phasing them out and relying on stormtroopers? And that's from Doctor Who 94. Yes, but the Empire were spending their money on a Death Star instead of clones, so it just depends if you want a Death Star or a bunch of clones, because that's they didn't even need Stormtroopers anymore when they had the Death Star, because they could just zap, 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 planets deed. It's that easy. That's how you win a war. Blow it all up. From Shadow EPX. From Shadow Episode 10. <laughs> the concept of redemption is prevalent in Star Wars with characters like Vader and Kylo Ren seeking it. If you could choose any dark side character to undergo a redemption arc in a future Star Wars project, who would it be? And how would you envision their path to redemption? Furthermore, are some acts too heinous to be redeemed, or does the Star Wars universe offer forgiveness and redemption for all? Palpatine is beyond redemption. Nihilus out out of the ballpark of redemption. Um, Bane probably could have been redeemed i think 
probably could have been redeemed. So I'll go Bane. Darth Bane. How would it happen? I think when his armor is stripped off of him, I think a sudden rush of the light side would have been so sick for him to realize all the wrong he's done. Because we always hear those stories of the bad people on their deathbeds. They're always begging and pleading for mercy and forgiveness. So a guy like Darth Bane, I feel like that would have been a pretty cool thing to do. And maybe he lives because of the light side, you know, heals him so much. That'd be sick. Last question is from Emma. How does the concept of identity and belonging play out for characters like Ahsoka Tano, who navigates a space between Jedi and non-Jedi life? I think it's crucial. I think it's crucial, especially for characters like Force sensitives like Jedi, even Sith, like Maul. Maul, from his earliest memories, was a Sith assassin. And as soon as episode one happened and he fell down that, that pit, he was no longer a Sith. That was no longer his life, his role. And he went crazy. He lost himself. He had to figure out what the heck was going on and he never did. He never figured it out. And he just went along with whatever. Like, you look at Maul, he went from a Sith assassin, a noble Sith assassin, to a garbage spider, <laughs> to a reformed dark side entity. To a Moldalorian, to the runner of a crime syndicate. Like he never found himself. He was going along with what happened. He's going with the flow, just like we did on this episode of the Archives podcast. And that's where we're going to wrap it up for the night. Do appreciate you all for coming through. It has been your boy Sotico. I do appreciate each and every single one of you. And above all else, guys, make sure to stay safe. Tell your mother that you love her. Make sure to leave us a like. Leave us a review. Check us out on Twitter at Star Wars TAP at Sotico. And on Instagram at Star Wars TAP. It's been your boy Sotico. I do appreciate each and every single one of you. You have a good rest of your week. And I'll catch you.